0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today.
1: Good to be back, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Very good, good. very
0: good. Yeah. Good to have you back. Uh, but uh, we found our way a little bit at a time uh, yesterday. Uh, and Plugging so away. So now, though, we have to talk about good and evil. And I've decided, I've discovered something so different that people are going to really challenge me on that, <laughs> uh, because, um, you know, I basically uh, think that uh, there's a lot of goodness out there. And I tell people when they look at all the evil, they say, I said, you know, when I look at the people I knew uh, growing up in grade school, high school, the people in churches, the people in medical school, you know, basically people were decent. I've never had, I never had a neighbor that knocked me down. Yeah, 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 really. <laughs> but, but they're out there. But basically, there's a lot of goodness in people. And, um, you know, I think it represents the fact that uh, a lot of people uh... course the ones that we have bumped into you know understand uh... that there there is something referred to as a higher law that people know what's good and evil and what's good and bad and basically most, most people still if you go out and do a poll no matter what what you think they're going to say Most people don't believe in killing people. (laughs) Most people believe you're supposed to tell the truth. And most people believe you're not supposed to dump your garbage in your neighbor's yard. A lot of things like that are very automatic. And if people are so good, why is there so much evil that we read about? And I was thinking today about our program. We're going to be talking about corruption in government now if if we were going to base our assumption on all humanity on government agents uh, boy you know it leads to a dilemma and I think that's part of the dilemma that we have because uh, you know for some reason the proportion of people in government uh, are not the same proportion in human society, because I think many good people are out of government, and for some reason there's a, a motivation for, for some of these people who think differently to get power in government, and of course Hayek wrote a whole article about why the worst rise to the top, especially yeah. in, a, in a pure democracy system. All you have to do is, is control the agenda and the narrative, and you can get whatever you want. But I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, something that shouldn't shock us, but it, shocks, it, should, it should shock you if you didn't know about it. But for the most part, it doesn't totally shock us for it because yeah. we're finding corruption in, in government. But a, a recent report came out after some extensive research and also uh, you, using the Freedom of Information Act to get some evidence. On on corruption, big time. It has to do, uh, you know, who's in who's in the headline? Fauci and Collins. You know, you know those guys. Yeah, uh, uh, they 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 were caught. They've been caught in dealing over the years, dealing with um, receiving royalties that uh, taxpayers' monies were being used to develop drugs and vaccines that probably did more harm than good. So. They got the uh, you know they they would get paid their salaries and all that was one thing, but the royalties uh wasn 't exactly kosher you know this was this was over overdoing it and uh so that, that was into the category of corruption and and the NIH which was very much involved in that because the, they worked the secret payments of the of the royalties they they've been treat they 've been treating the information like national security interests yeah, you know sure. So but eventually they got some uh, information and uh, it looks like it. Nah, they 're on their first research here they came up with three hundred and fifty million dollars of secret payments on royalties for using taxpayers' money to satisfy big corporations for various things and i don 't think we've heard the last of this in a way let's hope we 've heard the last of some of the people who received some of these uh, some of these benefits but this this to me is a big deal, but it 's more of the same. And it doesn't cancel out the goodness of the many people I've met over the years. But it does tell you that we have a system for some reason. These people who are so dishonest and deceitful are the ones who milk the middle class and the poor, whether it's going into wars or going into the war against COVID. Uh, it's over and over again. And But this is a documentation how how monetarily the, the people who were promoting all this nonsense was, uh, you know, raking in the benefits.
1: You know, on the one hand, it is very shocking when you talk about over a period of 10 years, $350 million dollars. Being paid as "quote unquote" royalty payments above and beyond their government-paid salaries, and we already know that Fauci is the single highest-paid government employee, raking in almost a half a million dollars a year in salary. And We can actually put on that, put up that first clip, because this is uh, from Daily Wire, uh, and they wrote it. It's been written about elsewhere, Epic Times and elsewhere. But um, Adam Andreevsky, who was the head of OpenTheBooks.com, uh, they his organization. Uh, Is the one that fought to get this documentation from NIH about these royalty payments and they fought tooth and nail about uh, to, to get this and a lot of it was heavily redacted but it really exposes on the one hand again something very shocking but in a way shockingly not that shocking because these extraordinarily highly paid public servants public health officials got extra payments for being credited as co-inventors of treatments and pharmaceutical products that were created in the course of their government duties. But this was, and uh, in, in Andrzejewski himself wrote uh, about this, he said, NIH is a revolving door of tens of billion dollars of dollars in government grant making coupled with hundreds of millions of dollars in private non-transparent royalty payments so what happens is this revolving door is literally a very good uh, description of it NIH gives 30 billion 30 billion dollars a year in grants to over 56,000 recipients in Big Pharma (laughs) if those grants produce something then the people who give them are listed as co-creators of this and they get kickbacks in the form of payments royalty payments so the whole system is very corrupt but I say shocking but not shocking because this is most likely indicative of many many different branches of government
0: yeah it it is a shame you know I I keep thinking about why 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 are they doing this and uh, the money is a is a big deal but, you know, even basic, uh, if you set aside for the moment <clears throat> the people who are going and, and doing some of the, these things deliberately, and that is taking kickbacks and, yeah. and you know, get, getting this uh, extra money, the, the extra bonus by, uh, by receiving money they know was wrong and they had to hide it. And I mean, that that is easily said illegal and uh, illegal to the point but people still want to do something about that. But I think about uh, the principle of government, because you, you know, the principle of government, which you know is made legal, the Constitution tried to prevent some of this stuff. But the Constitution didn't restrain them from stealing through inflation. Yeah. And I, I thought that the uh, uh, Bastiat's law, this it was a perfect example of how to solve this problem, is that governments should never be able to do anything that you and I can't do as individuals. So if we can't print money and we can't transfer our wealth by force with an IRS agency, and we can't, we're not supposed to spy on people, you know, with a CIA-type operation, uh, yet uh, we, they, they have not, the government can do that anyway. So the principle of government is the first step in the wrong direction, and then it becomes super corrupt, and then this... So the interesting thing, what about the military-industrial complex? It's immoral, but technically, uh, you know, uh, if, you're law, if you're following all the lobbying rules, uh, uh, then they're, they're obeying the law. But in this case that we're talking about, it's even worse than that because they're hiding what they're doing, and they think they need this
1: huge bonus and get all the kickbacks. You know, when I was up on the hill, Congress is also very corrupt, as we know, but I, I couldn't imagine, maybe things have changed since we've been there, it's, it's getting up in years, but you know the house ethics was pretty strict about things. I mean, I couldn't have worked on your staff and then on the side had a side hustle where I made money from the stuff I was doing for you. You know, hey, I did some research for Dr. Paul, here, let me sell it to you on the side. I mean, that would never have flown, I mean, we have been out on your ear. So, I mean, that's, it's pretty surprising. But the other thing that I thought of when I was reading about this, Dr. Paul, is the massive conflict of interest that this produces. You're Fauci, you get royalties on the development of a particular pharmaceutical treatment for a particular thing. Maybe it's called COVID or maybe something else, right? And maybe something comes out through the market that's been developed without this NIH grant money and it may be as effective or maybe even more effective. But it relies on the Fauci's of the world for approval. What does that mean? For example, what does that potentially tell us about the absolute out-and-out governmental war on any alternative treatments for COVID? Remember, they developed their protocol early on. No early treatment, no preventative treatment, nothing at all. Here's the protocol, do this, full stop, and many other diseases. So what does that tell us? The potential for corruption in this, the potential for a massive conflict of interest that could result in how many thousands of people dying because they get a Royalty payment for this, but not for this one, it boggles the mind. You know, the
0: <clears throat> all these things are done because they have institutionalized it, made it uh, technically legal because the law was passed, even though it contradicts morality and contradicts the uh, Constitution. But I also see when you talk about how big a deal this is, it was a picture of NIH doling out thirty billion dollars a year to grants to fifty-six thousand recipients in big pharma. Yeah, I mean this is this That's is our just, money. <laughs> this is just huge, and uh, but but it's also done. It's, it yeah it it's our money, but it's all fake money. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there is there is the malinvestment, the the excessive debt and the spending that occurs when uh, they try to regulate uh, the whole monetary system, economic system through manipulation of interest rates and the supply of money. And so that's there's nobody even talking about that anymore. So uh, but well, when they these these monies flow in, you, you know, the I think we're going to mention another another thing with Biden and says. Well, yeah, you gave us 33, but we want 40, you yeah. know, billion dollars. So, so it's just on and on. So this is most of this stuff, you know, of all the stuff they spend, these billions and billions of dollars, these 56,000 recipients in big pharma. Does that mean you would never see any good research? No, you might have bonus research and they might have to get the money by investors. Deciding, you, you know, uh, whether it's a good investment or not. You might not have you might even be able to invest in a pharmaceutical company uh, that uh, believed in natural immunity, you yeah. know, and, and sort it out and be uh, a company that's issuing something more based on on truth. But that, that is not where we are, because the system has rotted away. And actually, it's connected to the rotting away of personal morality. And I think the bankruptcy is both. You know, uh, financial and moral.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, let's look at that next clip. This is just the uh, this is just the investigation itself. And you know, hats off. I'm glad there are watchdog groups like this that are still out there, Dr. Paul. There are a few of them. Um, open the books. Seems like a good organization. But look at this next one now. Here's part of the investigation. Here's what they found. Uh, these are the top three recipients. Anthony Fauci. We remember him. Director of NIAID, the highest paid federal bureaucrat. He received 23 royalty payments, but his salary is almost half a million. Francis Collins, the director of the NIH, received 14 payments. His salary is a mere $203,000. doctor Paul, we should set up a GoFundMe for Francis Collins. He's not making enough money. Clifford Lane is Fauci's deputy. He gets 325 dollars a year, and he received eight. dollars Payments of the so-called royalty payments. Interesting to note that Francis Collins resigned late last year. I wonder if he knew something (laughs) was coming. But the other thing that I wonder, Dr. Paul, is I remember a certain senator from Kentucky saying that if Republicans take over the Senate, we are going to start investigating Fauci. Now, I've been conjuring in my mind what that senator might look like right now (laughs) after watching our show, and I'm sure he's watching us live. Let's put on that next picture. This is my in my mind's eye. This is what the expression is on his face <laughs> as he's watching the show. <laughs> and I would encourage Senator Paul, please don't stop with Fauci. I mean that is just the bait. You got to go ahead and hook and reel in this whole scam of the NIH. Let's get going. But Fauci be the motivator. motivator. I mean that'll get people's attention. But uh, I don't
0: think it would take. Very much to convince our audience that uh, that it involves a lot more people, and 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 they would agree that it's a system of government that is so bad and so corrupt and so immoral. Uh, in spite of the fact that there's still, most people still believe we shouldn't even go to war without a declaration. You know, oh. you take a poll what and you'll hear one or two at a time speak out, but then. Then their attitudes are changed on the spending. They ignore it on the spending, but going to war, they soften their stance on that. So the, the power by this group of people, uh, which is run by the deep state, the really big money and big pharma is part of that, just like big banking and all the rest of these things. They're the ones who are in charge. And now, with their collusion and partnership with social media, you know, it is a the enemy is very powerful, and yet uh, they're at a, at a position where everything that they do wrong, they can blame it on the people who think differently, and can use the same terminology. Oh, they're a bunch of liars, and yeah. you know the the whole works. And and uh, and uh, n- nobody there. Nope, I can't say nobody. There's somebody out there, and there's more. Of a, uh, watchers, and we mentioned a couple names in here. People uh, getting information and producing an article like this, they deserve some real credit for bringing yeah. this to our attention.
1: And one of the things, as I started my comments, was that it's shocking, but it's not shocking because this is indicative not only of how big pharma with the government industrial complex works, but also how the military industrial complex works. Exactly the same way, the same revolving door, we have our current Secretary of Defense who was on the board of Raytheon making these missiles that are being shipped to Ukraine. And in fact, let's put this next one up, because our next story is really an extension of the first story, which is that this rot extends far beyond the NIH, far beyond big pharma. Here's something from Defense News today. Pentagon reviewing hundreds of industry proposals in an effort to rapidly arm Ukraine. They sent out a request for information at the end of April saying, hey, guys, hey, industry, hey, weapons manufacturers, we need some ideas. Wink, wink, wink. What can we ship over to Ukraine? What do you want us to ship over? What do you want us to buy from you so that we can ship it over and gin up this proxy war with Russia through Ukraine? And that is... Um, Again, when you look at the revolving door, Dr. Paul, between the government, the Pentagon, the military, the arms manufacturers, the think tanks, round and round we go. So this new request for tell us anything, we'll send it over there, we'll give you money for it. it, is really another chapter in this.
0: And, you, and you know, uh, with, uh, during, during the PR on this, it gets more difficult because they use the patriot, uh, patriotic issue. So if you're opposed to this, oh, yeah, there's a few problems there. They pay a little bit too much for hammers and things. But we're talking about national security and national defense. And uh, that is one of the reasons. And and the shrewdness of the way they build weapons. You know know how they do it. If one plant could do it in... uh, uh, one state—that doesn't happen. They—they they have to give every state a little bit of the, a little bit of the action, so that the members of Congress throughout the country support all this spending, and uh, and of course uh, contribute zero to national security. Is most sickening thing, argument I ever heard is when they say, "Well, we have to be in the Middle East, and we have to take over this country." Because uh, this is a constitutional issue. We have to protect our Constitution and our freedoms to go over there and end up killing a million people and keeping a war going for 20 years. And that—that—that uh, that, that is the reason that these people that I, that I sort of, you know, I give a little bit of credit to because their beliefs are a little bit different. They are sure are weak in waking up and doing something about it, even though I love the awakening of some of the people who got frustrated with a lockdown with uh, coronavirus. That was delightful when you see the people coming out and peacefully, no matter what the enemy says about who was peaceful and who wasn't. Uh, the, the people, the, the women who went to the PTA and finally said, we've had enough of your nonsense, uh, they, they played a big part in finally getting rid of those regulations that were uh, doing more harm than good.
1: So. Yeah, and the Pentagon reaching out and saying, please let us know, what else can we send over there? You know, we've already really basically exhausted our supply, the American supply of stingers and javelins and all these others. But as we saw, you know, President Biden himself went to a factory that manufactures the stingers, we talked about it last week, saying, hey guys, thanks for working 24-7. Keep it up. We're going to buy everything you can produce. This is another example of the deep corruption when the, when the pri- so-called private sector is in bed with government. First of all, this is a fact. It's an uncomfortable fact, but it is a fact. There is literally now no way to get these weapons to the front lines. The front lines are in eastern Ukraine. The Russians have blown up all the rail links uh, from, from the west leading to the east. The only way to get things through would be in trucks or small cars. That's going to be a tactical advantage at best. It's not going to turn the tide of the war. And anyone in Washington who's honest with the brain knows this. It cannot change the strategic trajectory of the war right now. All it can do is enrich the people in Washington and their explicit goal, which is not for Ukraine to save democracy, but to weaken Russia. We saw that from the Secretary of Defense last, uh, last, time, uh, last week. So there's no way to get it to the guys who need it because there's no way to get it there. They've all been blown up. And the other thing is we've seen in the news, in the mainstream media, in Lvov, in Odessa, massive explosions. What they do when they can sneak some of this stuff in, they'll put it in a place in Odessa. It was actually in a shopping mall. They put all these US and West Europe supplied weapons into these places, and the Russians blow them up, and they go to smithereens. And nobody in Washington cares because that's actually good news, (laughs) because they need more. It's Chuck Spinney's self licking ice cream cone over and over again. Of course we we have to look around
0: for that type of information you know because it's not going to be on the evening news. As a matter of fact, it's going to be exactly the opposite. you know I think security is involved here, uh, but unfortunately, it's the financial security of arms manufacturer they want to be. Secure forever on the profits that they make, and uh, you know they talk a little bit about the supply chain interfering. Yes, it's going to interfere because they've inter- we've interrupted the supply chain. So the lockdown and what's went on with COVID is related to some of this thing because now there's all these companies coming from war. The war's going just like a lot of them want. and they're going to uh, say, well, it might take a little bit longer. Well, what's what's the difference? Because you know I. I, I, I I'm willing to bet <laughs> that uh, in their contracts there there will be some uh, future cost increases. Oh, you know yeah. how the, you, you know on all the military stuff, all have it. So if it's delayed, you know it gets automatic. I think F thirty five. How many times have yeah. the co- costs gone up automatically just because of the inflation costs? So and that's just starting. So time is of n- no essence and. Uh, they're not going to worry whether it takes three weeks or six weeks. They wait longer and do nothing. As if they slow it down, they're going to make more money. Yeah. But they never give up on the effort. They ne- How many weapons systems have they given up? Maybe one that I can remember. Not very often do they give up on a weapon system. Well,
1: they want to get rid of the warthog, the A-10, which is probably the only thing that actually works really well. Maybe that's why they want to get rid of it. <laughs> right. But, you know, here's another one more on corruption. It's more of an update. And really, I hope, our, I mean, our viewers are already, they're, they're so... Uh, well informed that they don't really need to think this, but I wish Americans would contemplate this next story as they fill up their tank. And you told me you filled up your pickup the other day and had a sticker shock, right? <laughs> Imagine if you're a trucker, they're talking about 1200 bucks to fill up one of those tanks. Guess where that's passed along to you and I when we go to the store. But while you're contemplating your massive gasoline bill, contemplate in addition this next clip. This is from Bloomberg. So Last week, Biden said, hey, I need $33 billion more from Ukraine. You and I had heartburn immediately when we saw that. Congress said, oh, yeah, hold my beer. We're going to give you $40 billion. Here's some extra money. Send it over to Ukraine. America's falling apart. We can't afford to buy hamburger. We're going to have to eat bugs. But Ukraine is going to have that $40 billion, by God, more weapons. We're going to fight this war with Russia to the last Ukrainian
0: you know, there was a little debate about the uh, way this would get passed uh, because they could have tacked it onto something and it wouldn't have been quite as big deal. But Biden comes along and says, "Oh no, we have to have ta- this package suffer from this one yeah. because they can add on to both of them." He's, and we need we need some of it And that first one bill. They can get back back faster, and uh, we can't we can't afford to delay. You know, on this, yeah, the payments. <laughs> it is, it isn't getting rid of the war. The war could end uh, rather quickly if. Uh, if if we if we were not so, so supportive of NATO, you know. Yeah. It, you know they keep saying now that maybe this is just a proxy war between, and they'll they'll talk about United States and uh, and Russia, and uh, I don't. I, and you could make a case for, for that because we were very much involved and they need us, but really I like to use the word NATO because people don't think about it too much, and they and they should respond. Uh, even, even Trump responded by you know, uh, not not that it was the best message, but he says. NATO's okay but send more money pay more of your yeah, money yeah. It, it isn't that isn't it it's it's the whole fact that uh NATO's out there aggravating and uh and, and we're the cheerleader or we're the financier of that and uh and now boy i i thought uh so, I was so uh, excited about what was going to happen in Europe after the Cold War and, yeah. uh, and it, it, to a degree it did and then when I thought, you know, the Russians are building this pipeline it's the technology is fantastic a gas line from Russia all the way over to Germany yeah. and, and, and yet uh, that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to trade with people, become dependent on it, and now they've been able to reverse this whole thing by US policy, yeah. and it, was it was it Republican or Democratic policy? <laughs> I, I think it's a uh, deep state policy because uh, they wouldn't want that to happen, <laughs> you know, where uh, Germany would be buying their gas and liking it from Russia. But yeah. the people are going to suffer over there. Yeah. And, and, and and all that mess is, is part of the reason why this is oil and gasoline prices are going up here. Yeah. They never stop and think, well, why, why, do these, why do they do these policies? Well, what they do is they complain enough and then they go to their congressman and Biden, even today, they respond, I'm going to talk about inflation. And, you know, what I fear is that he's going to come up with some ornery, some regulations right now, like rationing or something like that, you know, to, to keep the to keep the prices down, which will just compound it, you know, uh, Carter did that too, and he he made the, uh, the shortages back in the 70s much much worse in the midst of an inflationary cycle and uh, a depressed economy.
1: Well, you nailed it. You mentioned both parties are in on it, you know. And our good friend Jim Jatrus coined the term the stupid party and the evil party. Well, here's the stupid party, and this is exactly what you'd expect from the Republicans. Now, the problem is they don't know if they can if they can uh, go ahead and put forth this 40 billion dollar uh, military aid to ukraine they're not sure it's going to pass what because republicans are worried about spending no let's put up this next clip this is why it's stalled republicans have not yet signed on to the plan the extra military aid is less than the 8 billion dollar increase that the senate republicans had sought so the republicans are furious that biden is not sending more money and weapons over to Ukraine. And why would I call them the stupid party? Because we talked about it a few days ago. Polls are showing that Americans do not buy the idea that these increases are Putin's price hike. They consider it Biden's inflation. So instead of Republicans saying, you know what, why are we doing this? Why are we killing the American economy and starving Americans for an overseas war that has nothing to do with our interests? Instead of doing that, they're saying, why are you being so cheap, Biden? Give them more money. Why are you such a wimp? Let's have a war with Russia.
0: Yeah, I've seen a few of them. The candidates are running and they run on this position. They want more more money and they do it with a straight face. And they're the conservatives. Yeah. They're the conservatives uh, trying to stir up uh, more spending for more wars. And it's uh, it's pretty, pretty disgusting. Yeah, But... When the money runs out of value, they're going to have to back off, and they better start thinking about uh, what kind of a a monetary system they're going to have because the empire is destined to end uh, the date of which we do not know, but it will end, and uh, then there will have to be uh, something new and different. All empires, and we have a big one, uh, a lot of countries involved, and the amazing thing is the trust. It more printed money. they they, trillions and trillions of dollars, you know, means nothing. And uh, just common sense should just sneak in and say, you know, it can't last forever. Yeah, but just so I get my social security check. Don't sweat it. You're going to get your social security check. It's just not going to buy anything. That's your problem.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to close out if you think we have exhausted our resources here. Uh, And I want to thank our viewers, of course, as always, and thanks for subscribing and liking and passing this around to try to grow the show. It's hopefully it's in all of our interests. But I do want to make an announcement, two announcements, actually. Looks like our conference in June is now sold out. I think there might be one ticket left. I think someone uh, refunded a ticket. But literally, it's sold out. We're, We're trying to see if we can jigger things and maybe add a couple tickets. But essentially, it's sold out. Unfortunately, if you trusted me, then you're good and you bought your ticket. Uh, But I've got a big announcement, which is, Dr. Paul, I got a phone call yesterday. The kind of phone call I like, I got a phone call, and the other was Lou Rockwell. He said, Daniel, count me in. I'll be there. So Lou Rockwell is going to join us in Houston in June, speaking at our conference, the Biden Doctrine, uh, Nuclear Armageddon or New World Order, Uh, and I am really happy. I love listening to Lou. I love his very thoughtful speeches, and everyone's going to love visiting with him so if you got your ticket you're good if you're not cross your fingers we're trying to get a few more out there uh, and we look forward to seeing all of you, Doctor Paul.
0: Is that the Lou Rockwell that created the Mises Institute the and ones. has contributed so much to the free market education? Yes. Yeah. that's the, that's the, the Lou Rockwell, very one. Well, and he's the hero coming. Of peace. He's the, coming to our little old town of Houston area. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, well, I'm very thrilled. good. Yeah. Okay, and I want I want to close by uh, bringing up a point very similar, but a different part of the world, uh, because it's the same old same old stuff. Uh, This this came out of an anti-war that produces a lot of good information. U.S. presses Taiwan to buy more weapons suited to defend from Chinese invasion. Yeah, I think there's a problem out there. I think they've been fighting about that border for a long, long time, and uh, somebody should settle it. And I think it should be the Taiwanese and the Chinese. That's, that's my opinion. I don't think we should be trying to stir things up by sending uh, naval vessels up and down the Taiwan Straits and just looking for it and then being able to rely, you know, no, the trouble is stirring up. And the military-industrial complex would have nothing to do with this. Uh, they uh, Now the lobbyists had a lot more money for more weapons in Taiwan. Well, like I just said, that's going to end because the inflation will stop all this. But for now, it's going to be more spending. And guess who's be leading the charge on that? The, the, the Republicans? And I'm amazed at how many Democrats have rolled over. I guess it's if they have... Anybody in the presidency, uh, they'll do what the deep states uh gives out the orders to that president. So, yes, both sides are looking for, for, for more spending, even outside of what's going on in Europe. So that's, that's not good. That means the inflation is going to continue. But it also gives us the incentive to do more in our effort to spread the message of peace and prosperity and a sound economic system based on sound money. And this is not complicated, and it's very helpful, and the evidence is so clear that the freer a country is, the more prosperous it is, and the more peaceful it is. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.